welcome to Revolutionary Women. My name is Tess Silverman. Women around the world are constantly creating ways to make a difference in their communities, and today's guest is no exception. Naomi Meller is a multifaceted and multi-talented podcast host and producer, entrepreneur, and veterinarian. Since starting her first podcast, Smashing the Ceiling, she has hosted and produced multiple successful shows with clients including Nestle and Closer Still Media. She is the founder of the Skylark Collective, first European-based community for women and people of marginalized genders in podcasting and the International Women's Podcast Awards, through which she has forged partnerships with Amazon Music, Wondery, and Shore, amongst others. Naomi co-founded Everybody Media in 2022 with Rebecca Pennington, bringing together the awards, the collective, and a production house creating podcasts with purpose for mission-led brands and individuals. Hi, Naomi. Welcome to Revolutionary Women. How are you this afternoon? I'm really good. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm delighted to be with you. It's oh actually evening in the UK. Oh, I was so, going to yes, say, it's, yeah. Uh, it's good evening from here. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Is it like 7 p.m.? Oh, no, 6 p.m. by you, right? Right 6 now? 6 p.m. at here, yes. Okay. It's dark and cold because it's oh, winter, you know. So. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Well, thank you for coming on. And um, I have so much to ask you. So let's get started. Um, so you're from the UK. Now, what town did you grow up in? And what was it like growing up in where you um, where you were born? So I'm from a place called Manchester, which is in the north of England. Um, my Anyone who understands accents and has ever heard a Mancunian accent will tell you that I don't sound like I'm from Manchester. <laughs> um, but I, so my parents are not from there, but they were living there for my dad's work. And mm. uh, we, my brother and I grew up there. And we are very lucky that we have, we had a, a wonderful childhood, really. Mm. Um my my grandmother helped to raise us so my mom's mum mm -hmm. and she lived just up the road and she played a very central role in my life mm -hmm. uh, she was only a couple of weeks off her 103rd birthday when oh, she wow. died in the end um, oh. but yeah she was an amazing woman and we were so lucky to have her living close by um, and she was very much a part of our childhood along with both my mom and my dad as well so Wow. So living, living with your grandmother or did he, did she live with you or did she live close to you? Close by? No, she lived close to us. So close she lived in us. her own house, but oh, she, okay. you could walk there in under 10 minutes from oh, our home. Um, so so awesome. obviously, cause it's the UK, everybody loves to walk everywhere. <laughs> um, so we, we used to walk there and we would go there after school and at the weekends mm -hmm. and she was very much integrated with our little family of four but she lived in her own home yeah wow so growing up um being surrounded by your grandmother what lessons did you learn from her so my grand my grandmother was a very uh independent woman and oh, I love she had been on her own for quite a long time my grandfather died when I was little mm -hmm. and uh, she very much instilled in me the ethos that girls can do anything they want and be whoever they want to be mm -hmm. and she never would have said that mm -hmm. out loud but <laughs> she uh, she just really instilled that idea that there's nothing in life that's going to hold you back and I think 
she was just a really good example to me. So she had been a teacher mm-hmm. and um, she had taught a lot of wonderful children over the years and she'd had a lot of um, experience in life. Uh, mm. She'd lived in lots of different places with my grandfather and they had travelled uh, with his job quite a lot and um, lived around the world really. And wow. then... Um, she kind of came back and they were never hugely well off or anything like that, but they just were, they worked hard and they were good people. So that was what was instilled into me as well. That's so cool. I love that because I didn't grow up with grandparents. Well, I, I, I kind of did. I had one grandfather on my dad's side, but he, I never really like grew up with him because we lived mm-hmm. in the city and he lived in the provinces. He would come like, you know, mm. back and forth, he would come and mm. visit. But, you know, it's it's so cool to know that you, that you had this figure, this, um, this strong figure, right, in your life that um, you were able to get those lessons from so that is really awesome I love that um it is and yeah. some of quite a lot of my favorite phrases in life that I still trot out to people, oh really um come from her and one of them that I seem to say with alarming regularity is youth is wasted on the young and wealth is wasted on the old oh which was one of her favorites <laughs> I love it that's awesome I know, yeah so oh yeah she used to say that one she had loads of she just was a very fun person. So even when my brother and I were older mm-hmm. at university, all our friends used to know who she was. Aww. And she was she was known as G by everybody. So everyone called her G. Aww. And uh, G was kind of famous, a bit not famous, obviously. <laughs> but like, you know, she was well known amongst our friends and our friends would love to go and see her. And oh, awesome. there was, she was just, yeah, she was a very, very fun spirited older lady for my whole for a lot of my life (laughs) I love it oh my gosh may we may we all be like her one day that would be so cool I know oh my gosh yes okay so I read that initially you wanted to be a veterinarian and you did um were you always an animal lover Yes, so this one, <laughs> this one is one of those apocryphal family tales about how when I was three or four or whatever, uh-huh. I was allowed to hold a lamb on a farm <laughs> here in England, and I announced very loudly <laughs> that I was going to be a veterinarian. <laughs> and when I was eighteen, I was still saying the same thing. And uh-huh. you know, I think my parents said, "Yes, yes, nice, have very nice, dear," for quite a long time, <laughs> and then eventually kind of realized that I was quite set on this goal mm-hmm. and that I was not about to give up my dreams anytime mm. soon so then they they really supported me and um helped me as much as they could mm-hmm. and yeah really were stuck they stuck by me to help that goal and dream become a reality uh, so awesome. that was that was where we went and so how how long were you or are you still practicing and when did that change for you when did that so career change? Asked, well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a couple of things we may well come on to. Okay. Um, so I um, I am still a vet. Okay. And up until earlier this year, I was still practicing mm-hmm. um, not full-time, but part-time. Mm-hmm. And I... I really have enjoyed so much about my career. Um, I've, I've been very fortunate that I have, 
used my career skills to allow me to work abroad. So when you qualify in the UK, you have the right to work in several other countries, including mm. Australia. So I went to work down there. You can also work in New Zealand. Oh. Um we without taking any additional exams so if we wanted to come and work in north america for example in the states or canada you have to take an additional set of exams but there's mm -hmm. various other countries where you don't have to oh. um oh. and at the time before britain left the european union i could have gone to work in europe although i didn't because uh, the language because of the language barrier mm -hmm. um and i do i do speak some other languages but not sufficiently well enough to be able to work mm -hmm. in those languages i felt so um i disappeared off to the pacific for my mm. first job and i lived there for a while working for a charity and then i came home for a bit and then i disappeared again off to australia for a few years and i worked down there and had a great time and then came back and i was quite nomadic in my 20s let's put mm. it that way mm -hmm. um so i i spent quite a lot of time working overseas and, and traveling around which was really good it was amazing experience I had amazing experiences met amazing people went to some cool places and was very fortunate that I could work in those places and live mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. um and 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 look after myself in in that sense um and so yeah so I'm uh, 16 years qualified this year and my specialty wow. is in horses so mm -hmm. I've practiced only with horses for 15 of my 16 years mm -hmm. um well 14 and a half maybe and um I yeah I never I have I've never really owned a horse of my own but I <sighs> I have a kind of affinity for them and and that was my chosen species specialism oh. okay um so what is it about horses that you love I mean a lot of people are into dogs or cats um I'm always like it always like fascinated me like when women mm. or people were into horses and I don't you know I don't I just want to I guess I'm curious what is the draw what was the draw for you I find them very calming mm. and I think people are often sometimes intimidated by their size mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but I for me, I am I'm, I love dogs. I'm a dog person, but I am not very good with cats. And I would say that freely to people. I'm just not a cat person. I think you are or you're not. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. some people are really gifted with cats. Um, I am I'm just not. Mm -hmm. And I I find horses, despite being them being very big, um, I think it's a confidence and a and a calmness thing. But I find them much easier to handle and be around than mm. smaller animals. Mm -hmm. um, and there is some good evidence coming through the scientific literature now about the impact of spending time with horses or working with horses on people who have trauma, post-traumatic mm. stress, mm -hmm. um, lots of military veterans, for example, children with autism, mm -hmm. um, that spending time around not just horses, but all animals, but horses are kind of... Um, a species that seemed to have been uh, focused on as as an example of one that can be very beneficial to some people. Mm -hmm. And yeah. we certainly have seen that. Um, some of my clients previously have had uh, particularly children with quite significant social or learning difficulties and the differences that you see wow. with those 
young people is really quite phenomenal. Wow. That's interesting. Okay, that's really interesting because I didn't know that. And and yeah, now that you mention it, I've seen, I guess, or, or heard stories of how animals, how horses really, you know, like some people are really have been calmed by them by just by their demeanor or just being around them so Mm. that's really awesome um Mm. so okay so let's go back into the career um (laughs) so back in 2017 something happened that steered you into podcasting so why what started you into podcasting so back in 2017, I was working full time as a vet and I was working with a gentleman that I had worked with before who was kind of a friend of mine mm-hmm. and it was just the two of us and we had a great time actually. I really enjoyed that job and my new husband at the time uh, then got a new job and we had to relocate Mm. about four hours away I suppose it would be Mm -hmm. and I didn't know anybody in that area and I actually couldn't find a job that I wanted at the time Mm -hmm. and eventually when I did find a position it was part-time work Mm -hmm. and I guess because I had niched down a little bit in my career in terms of what I was doing and So my employment roles, my prospective employment roles were perhaps a little more limited than they might have been had I made different choices in my veterinary career, let's Mm -hmm. say. Mm -hmm. Um, So I found a part-time role and I was like, okay, I've only ever worked quite long hours and I was kind of like, I don't really know what else to do with myself. Mm -hmm. And so I thought, I'm going to, going to start a podcast I can Mm. do that Mm -hmm. yeah of course why not you know I have no experience so I was just like I reckon I could do that um and this was a long time before everybody had a podcast you Mm -hmm. know this was six years ago now and um I I learned actually through a woman who is British as well so she has um an adventure women a a podcast about women in adventure and sports Mm. and the other thing I wanted to do again I look back and I'm like why did you do that Uh, but I decided that as well as starting a podcast I wanted to run an ultra marathon and um Sarah the lady that ran this podcast had also she had run some quite significant races. She's done the Marathon de Sable. And so I asked her to coach me in the basics of starting a podcast and running an ultra marathon, which is quite a unique set of skills that she was able to give me. (laughs) And she's an amazing woman. Um, Her podcast is called Tough Girl and has been going for a very, very long time now. So she is, she's a very cool person. She's, um, she's through hiked the Appalachian Trail and various other oh bits and pieces. Gosh. She's amazing. Huh. And she helped me with both those things. So she taught me the rudiments of starting a podcast mm-hmm. and she coached me through running an ultramarathon, which I did in 2019. Wow, that's amazing. That is so cool. I mean, that's like two different uh, I guess way too different like things to to like uh, to have as goals. Get a podcast, a podcast. Um, I guess getting a po- getting into podcasting and then training for a marathon. 
That's really yeah. I mean, completely I crazy. <laughs> I just, I sort of think I was just like, I just plucked two very different things out of the air and was like, yeah, I reckon I could do those. Uh, do you still so, run marathons? I mean, have, when was um, the last time you ran? 2019? So, no, 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 no. So I, yeah, no, I've, I've raced not the same distance by any stretch of the imagination. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I've done, st- I've done stuff this year and... Okay. I I last raced not again an ultra marathon, but I did a race in France last month. Oh, so yeah, wow. I've um I have I have been active this year and since uh, twenty nineteen. I mean, I'd always run not to the same extent, and I'd never done I'd never even done a marathon before that. Mm, um, that's amazing. My my dad is a runner and uh, was a runner, mm-hmm. and he is. Uh, he was quite a good runner back in the day. I had always just potted around mm. as a form of, you know, mental debrief and exercise. Mm-hmm. Running would be my choice. And mm-hmm. I realized that it's not for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And loads of people hate running. And some people are completely crazily obsessed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just am one of those people who, you know, it would be, if I was going to take 30 minutes of exercise, I'd probably go on a run for my house, mm. you know, that kind of thing. Okay. Okay, so let's get into it. You are the founder of Everybody Media, and you also started the International Women's Podcast Awards, IWPA. Um, and that awards mm. event recently ended. Um, can you tell me about each of them and what prompted you to um, to start, you know, Everybody Media and the IWPA. Sure. So, firstly, in the veterinary sector, and then subsequently, I, um, I was working in horse racing actually later in my career, and I had benefited an awful lot from women's networks in mm-hmm. both the veterinary mm-hmm. and the horses side and then in the wider sporting fields so a bit like in the states there's quite well established networks for women in sports mm-hmm. over here mm-hmm. and um i had had the benefit of mentoring and support and meetups and events and calls and mm-hmm. all sorts with lots of different women working all across those sectors doing very different things mm-hmm. but all supporting one another looking out for one another encouraging helping etc mm-hmm. and i realized that in my veterinary career what i also liked was supporting new graduates and students and having people come and spend time with me who were wanting to get into doing horses in their career or whatever it was mm-hmm. and i kind of realized when i started out in podcasting I released a podcast of my own to begin with and then gradually over a period of time, companies in the veterinary sector initially and then in the sporting sector started asking me to make shows for them because they were like, oh, you're a vet. You know Mm. how to make a podcast. Can you do that for us? Mm. And I guess at the time, five or six years ago or five years ago, it was kind of, it was quite niche. Not that many people were doing it, you know. Mm. And so having those two sort of, areas of interest gave me a little bit of a an edge I suppose mm-hmm. uh, but what I realized during the pandemic was uh, that the types of networks of 
of women that I'd been in in other sectors just didn't really exist in podcasting in the UK. Mm-hmm. And in the States, um, there's an organization called She Podcasts, which was quite well established mm-hmm. and is pretty big. And there was a f- couple of others cropping up, but there wasn't anything else really in the UK at the time. Mm-hmm. So I started uh the first collective that I had, we so we have a, a community as part of Everybody Media now, but when I first started it in 2020, it was under the name of the Skylark Collective. Mm-hmm. And uh, basically, I just started a little gang of women in the UK or in Europe, it. especially, uh-huh. um, of people involved in podcasting, whether they were making shows in their bedroom or working for a company or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Um and I just started that and we just decided to see how it would go. And then off the back of that, I just felt there was an awful lot of women making great shows that mm. were not perhaps receiving the recognition that they deserved. Mm-hmm. So I I decided to start the International Women's Podcast Awards and we had the first one in 2021 mm. and this year we've just finished year three Wow, and we had entries from 27 different countries this year. So we were having podcasts from as far as Brazil to Nepal to Thailand wow. to Australia to anywhere in between, oh, cool. um, which was wonderful. And just hearing the work that is coming out of those places is incredible. Oh. And the show's that we are receiving and hearing are often such high quality, Mm. even from people who don't necessarily have all the budget or resources at their fingertips that that Mm. larger companies may do. Wow. I love it. Yeah. I actually looked at the site at your site and I saw all the winners and the nominees and they were, they, they looked really amazing. I can't wait to like look them up and, and like, um, and hear their content. And what I love too is that you are so passionate about supporting women and supporting their work. And I, I actually looked up your mission statement, and if you don't mind, I'm going to read it. Um, Our collective empowers others to be heard with clarity and vision. Women can support and open doors for each other in a way that others can't. They have a unique understanding of what others face because they live it too. And we harness that community power to lift each other up. And I think that's so beautiful because so many times there's like there's this been there's been this um, I guess narrative that women are competing against each other or they're not really there for you, and it's so not true. I mean, I guess it it happens with everyone, but I would like to think that women support. Uh, are, are more supportive of each other than competitive with each other, right? Mm. And mm. I mean, and it shows with the with hosting and producing the um, International Women's Podcast Awards. To hear that you had submissions from twenty seven countries is amazing, and and it's so cool because then you know that there's so many out there that are trying to get their voice out. They're trying to get their their stories out there. And mm. your company is listening. You know, your community is listening. So I love that. Mm. Um, so did you have, I mean, for, for 
this year's um, awards, were, what, were you surprised or were you touched by any of the content that you got? Yeah, very much. Mm. I mean, um, we we receive just so much unbelievable work mm. and t- we... I don't, yeah, I I think it's fair to say that was I touched? Yes, 100%. And I have gone on to listen to entire series of Mm. some of the shows that were entered because um, I listened to one small snippet and, you know, it goes to the judging panel so that we have independence in deciding who wins, which Mm -hmm. is very important to me. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes I just cast an ear or an eye over some things. So like last night, for example, um, I listened to an episode of a particular podcast that was entered and I was only meaning to listen to a couple of minutes while I was doing a little job. Mm-hmm. And the next thing I knew, the whole, I'd, I'd, I'd gone through the whole episode wow. and really enjoyed it. And so, yes, we're very fortunate. Um, and... You know, we have quite a lot of independent creators who are where, you know, podcasts that are produced by one person from start to finish, Mm -hmm. undoubtedly. Mm -hmm. We have some that come from bigger organizations with a team Mm -hmm. and some of them don't. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's super important that everybody's work is heard and given the time that it deserves because you'll know yourself, Tess, it takes a lot of effort to make a podcast. (laughs) And if you're producing something which contains a lot of research or has been on a particular subject that could be quite difficult mm-hmm. or if you're producing a weekly show or whatever mm-hmm. it is, mm-hmm. the the amount of work and consistency that goes into those things is just absolutely enormous. Mm-hmm. And I think when I started the awards, I guess I never thought that we were going to serve top 10 or top 20 podcasts because you know goodness me knows they don't need help from a person like me mm-hmm. <laughs> like I'm a nobody in podcasting so mm-hmm. they don't need my assistance do you know what I mean mm-hmm. whereas and and likewise we're probably not for the people who are just starting out mm-hmm. at home on their own and are in the first you know throes of of podcasting mm-hmm. with no not with just the beginnings of knowledge mm-hmm. um but actually what I often say to people is that we serve the incredible upper middle ground of mm. people who are either experienced like you and have been going for a while, or maybe they are running a small production company themselves, or maybe mm. they've come out of a bigger organization. Maybe they do have a team, you know, mm. so it's, but not necessarily a really big name, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. um, yeah. So I think that's, where I feel that we serve people well mm-hmm. and I I just love to hear the stories of the people behind the shows as well. We have a we have a particular category that always looks to celebrate the people who you don't see in the making of the show. So that one's we call it behind the scenes brilliance. Mm-hmm. So it's for editors, producers, writers, not necessarily the host of a show, mm-hmm. but it's people who have worked on the bits that you don't see or hear right. necessarily yeah. um, because so much goes into that as well. Right. 
I love the categories, you know, and I was looking through them. I'm like, it's so it's so cool because they're not necessarily the same categories you would see in any, I guess, in any other awards, um, I guess, any any awards uh, event. And what I love this is you really hone in on not just the content, but the person, you know, the person who is producing it, the person who's hosting and the people behind it. Um, and like you said before, like I, I'm, yeah, I've been doing this for almost three years, but it's just me, you know, it's just like, mm. I've been doing mm. this on my own. Um, I do have an editor, but you know, it's, it's mostly me who is like doing all the work and the research and, and, and the questions and, but I love it. You know, that's part mm. of what I do. Part of why mm. I do it is because mm. I love doing the research and finding out about the women I'm going to be speaking with. And I think it's the same for how you are with managing your community. Um, it's all about the people and the content. Um, and so I, I think it really, you know, it, it, you're really serving so many. Um, and as as you've seen, <laughs> like having, you know, entries from 27 countries, that's pretty incredible. I mean, I think it's amazing. So I think you're definitely getting the word out you know, and you're and you're being received by so many people, so kudos to you and and congratulations on Thank you. on on this year's um, winners and and uh, all the nominees. Um, Thank you. Thank uh, you. And I, I I like what you say about the categories because we when we first started, I was quite determined that the way things were looked at was going to be was was going to be a bit different. So instead of having best sports podcast or best documentary podcast or best interview podcast or whatever it may be. And mm -hmm. there is absolutely nothing wrong with those categories at all. I just wanted something that was a bit more because we only have a small, a relatively small number of categories compared to other, other awards. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to keep them quite broad. So we talk about moments of compelling audio. So mm. The mm -hmm. moment of behind the scenes brilliance or the moment of raw emotion or the moment of touching honesty mm. and or the moment of comedy gold. And one of the things you'll often hear me say is you don't have to be a comedy podcast to have a really funny moment in your show. Yeah. And yeah. I think there's a lot of absolutely hilarious things that happen in shows that are just 100% not a comedy show. Yeah. yeah. Um, but but that, that doesn't mean that it can't crop up. So that's kind of where we are but yeah it's been it's been an unexpected part of my life that is for sure I mm. didn't if you'd have asked me even five years ago I I would have had no idea that this would now be a part <laughs> of my career and my my wider life uh -huh. um I love doing it and I think what you're saying about supporting other people what I love is connection mm -hmm. and I love I love meeting people I really enjoy um, I love it when people send me emails and I just get on calls with people and I've just been to uh, a few meetings in London today, which were not big work meetings. They were mm -hmm. opportunities to meet people I and see how we can serve one another. And that doesn't necessarily mean in a financial transactional way. It's mm -hmm. quite often exchange of services mm -hmm. or who can I put you in touch with right. or things like that because to me that is those are ways of really connecting with people if, in a business perspective yeah for sure 
And I, I love that because that's, it's so funny because we met each other before I, I even had <laughs> you on the show. And it's so cool because when I told you I was going to be in London and I said, would you be able to have coffee or a meal? And you were like, yes. And I think that is so, that's what I love about what I do also is the connection, like you said, you know, because you don't realize how many connections you make when you do this. And, and it's, it's really created a huge um, it's a whole new world out there for me because I have met so many women from different places all over the world that I get to call my friends as well. You know, after a few <laughs> connections, it's just been like I check in with with um, the women I've been connected with. And it's so cool when they actually connect back and say, hey, maybe you want to talk to this woman. And I think that mm. is so cool because then it really just... It's, it creates um, a wider a wider connection. And I'm definitely. all for that. <laughs> I'm definitely all yeah, for that. Yeah, 100%. And I think when we talk about the benefits of having a podcast to people, mm-hmm. I often speak about there's professional benefits 100%, mm-hmm. you know, whether that's as part of your marketing of your business or mm-hmm. uh, establishing yourself as a thought leader in a field or whatever it is. Right. But actually I think just making new connections making new friends yes. as well yes. that you're right Tess like I've interviewed people who have become friends mm-hmm. and subsequent to them being on my show or on a show that I'm producing for somebody else and right. sometimes those comes those come in quite unexpected places yeah. <laughs> um, yeah for sure but that's the beauty of it and it's a real gift yeah yeah and and actually it's so I have to let you know in February I will be in Sweden um part of my husband's work where he gets to speak at conferences um and so he's been asked to speak at a conference in Sweden and wouldn't you know I have a friend who's also <laughs> been on my show and I'm going to be meeting her in person for the first time you know um mm-hmm. in when in, we're in Stockholm so I'm so excited about that and so is she so we've been like chatting on on whatsapp and and just like the connections you make just from this platform is amazing you know, and definitely, I always, I, and I love that we've met in person, yes. and that we will do. We hopefully will do again next I year know. when you're back. And, I know. And if I'm over in the states, you know, oh, I wouldn't please. hesitate to call you up. You oh, know. please, yes, That's, for sure. It's wonderful. Yeah. Well, okay. So, um, just to like switch a little bit. So, about a year ago, I guess you were in a car accident, and. This was like, I guess that was also one of the reasons that we had to reschedule because you were in the midst of all of that. Um, How are you now? I'm well, thank you, Tess. Yeah, I'm okay. All things considered, I think is probably the short version. Okay. Yeah, so it was um, April this year, so April 2023, and it is now November. So uh, I think we were just discussing off off record uh, that it was seven months last week and yeah um it was definitely one of those situations where you have no idea what life is about to throw at you Mm -hmm. and sometimes it turns up really unexpected scenarios and I think I feel very lucky in so many ways, A, that I'm alive in the first place, but also mm-hmm. B, that how amazing my friends and family are. And mm. I knew that I had got a 
really great husband, for example, mm. but now I really, really know that. <laughs> um, and I think the people that show up for you when you truly need mm-hmm. sometimes show up out of surprising places. Mm. Sometimes they don't show from the places you expect them to, right. but actually the people that do show, it's it's incredible and mm. it makes me feel very, very, very lucky indeed. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, So while you were recovering from your accident and, you know, I know it was a it was a crazy part of your your life then. I mean, did your outlook on life change after going through this? That's an interesting question. Yes, I think it has. Mm. Part of me also thinks perhaps it might still be a little bit early to know the full outcome. So Uh for context for your listeners, uh, I was involved in a car accident where I had a brain injury and I had a couple of small bleeds in my brain. And I was very lucky that they weren't more significant than they were. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. I was very temporarily in intensive care to begin with and then I spent a few weeks in hospital after that and I am feel very lucky that I have full use of my body and my limbs I've been left with some visual deficits but Mm. but nothing that I can't cope with on a day-to-day basis let's put it that way Mm -hmm. so ostensibly if you met me or saw me or whatever you would think I look pretty normal Mm. well as normal as I ever have done anyway Mm -hmm. and I you know I can chat and I'm I'm I have pretty good use of my limb my body and and my brain and and I've been very fortunate on that front. Mm-hmm. In terms of outlook yes I mean I I would have been somebody that was quite I don't think I would describe myself as a perfectionist. I was always seeking the best and you know aiming for super high stuff and would have been quite disappointed if I didn't achieve what I thought I should for Mm -hmm. example Mm -hmm. um now I'm kind of like meh don't sweat the small stuff um I just feel now that things that would have got me rattled or would have got me upset Mm -hmm. or would have maybe you know destabilized me slightly Mm -hmm. Now I can just let stuff go. And Mm. I probably, I think that was because I kind of alluded earlier that I hadn't necessarily been working as a vet too Mm -hmm. much this year. And and I haven't worked in that sense since the accident, which was seven months ago. I can't, Mm. I'm still not allowed to drive at the moment. Mm. I'm very hopeful that that will change quite soon. But um, just your complete loss of freedom Mm-hmm. imposed via an accident yeah even if it's temporary just makes you realize that you can gain pleasure and uh, and be stimulated and satisfied mentally physically however it is in in other ways than you used to so mm-hmm. I gain a lot of pleasure through walking my dog for example mm-hmm. and I might only go 
from my home because I can't drive anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. But, you know, just walking through the fields or walking through the woods, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think you appreciate new things to mean that your life takes on, uh, it just becomes different, but not necessarily worse. And as I said, I'm super lucky that I have had the outcome that I have because it could have been extremely different Um, but I think it's acceptance as well acceptance of change Mm. has been quite important to stop feeling or so that I haven't felt frustration at what my life used to be Mm. but no longer is wow Wow. oh my goodness well thank you for sharing your story and and for sharing you know a little bit about what you've been going through and I am so glad you're you're here and you're with with us with me on this conversation um <laughs> and I so I'm so grateful that we met in person that you know that we've become connected through the podcast but also become friends and you know I think it's I think it's really, I love how you were just, I guess, taking it day by day and like really looking to just, okay, this is, this is what I have and I love it and I'm grateful for it. And, you know, I'm here Um, and you're still doing amazing work on top of it. You know, I mean, just being able to still you know, work with the people that you work with and, and, you know, create the, um, and create this community of women through podcasting, I think is incredible. So thank you. I am. I'm well, thank so you. Grateful. Oh my gosh. Oh, the, I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I feel very thankful that I have this, uh, underneath me and mm. that I have, have started to work to, establish some of the the things that I do now and I my my only goal for the year from a professional perspective Mm -hmm. I just said I don't really care if I don't do any other work but Mm -hmm. I'm the only thing that I wanted to deliver was the awards this year Mm -hmm. and we pushed them back so they were meant to be in September and they happened in November Mm -hmm. and they were perhaps a little different in some ways than they would have been otherwise but in a brilliant you know in with absolutely no negative connotations to that comment at all they were amazing um uh but it was it was a real goal of mine from the beginning uh after I was released from hospital and I think that having that very specific aim Mm -hmm. as being the only thing that I needed to achieve for the whole year Mm -hmm. Which is not to say that it happens overnight because quite a lot of work goes into them. Yes. But it was it was a very good focus, let's put it that way. Well, and you did it. And you and your team did it. So kudos to you and your team. Okay, so um, who would you credit for where you are now? I mean, you have already said, you know, your family, of course, for where you are. Um but is there anyone else? And of course, I guess your grandmother, <laughs> who I would love mm-hmm. to have met. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, that mm-hmm. would be that would yeah, be so she, cool. She was amazing. Yeah, I mean, I give her a lot of credit, and I'll often say that she was 
100% a role model for mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my my parents both are too and my other grandparents, mm-hmm. my other grandmother in a diff- very different way mm-hmm. um, was an amazing woman too and I was very fortunate to have strong role, you know, fit women role models in my family and in my life mm-hmm. from the very beginning. Um, in terms of who I would credit, yeah, I think I definitely my parents and my friends and family around me. I think I have a lot of love and strength for my friends and mm. take a lot from my relationships with them. And to me, and I think it comes from perhaps living abroad when I was a bit younger as well, when I was essentially alone, your friends are your chosen family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's how I view my friends. They're my chosen family. My family are my family. Don't get right. me wrong. Yep. And I love them. But right. my friends fulfill roles for me as that are vitally important in my life. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of them have uh, really shown characteristics and qualities and and generosity to me as a person that... I find completely unbelievable, you know, mm-hmm. that they mm-hmm. they do things for me and, and 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 hopefully I do things for them in return, but they do things for others as well that is just brilliant and I, I take a lot from from those. So yeah, I mean there's tons of people I could credit to mm-hmm. to be honest. Mm-hmm. Like, I I gain so much inspiration and creativity and love and friendship and so much in my life just comes through being inspired by people I meet, people I listen to, people that I see. Mm-hmm. There's tons of stuff out there. But yeah, yeah. I definitely would nod to those few. Oh. Awesome. So if anyone wanted to know more about you, um, the collective and everybody media how would one go about it mm, so our website is everybody-media.com nice mm-hmm. and simple um the collective is open to any woman who involved in podcasting anywhere in the world and we absolutely love meeting new people we meet a couple of times a month and we've got some real varied people in there which is cool um and on social media, we hang out at IW Podcast Awards on Instagram and dare I say it, Twitter. Um, but yes, we're still we're still on there. And I am on LinkedIn. If you just search for Naomi Mella, that's probably the platform I hang out most on. So anybody who would like to connect with me on LinkedIn, I would love to hear from you. Wonderful. Okay, so if you had one thing to change that you wish you had done years ago, what would it be? I think understanding your own value at an earlier stage. I was mm. quite, I was v- such a people pleaser when I was younger. Mm-hmm. These, this is another thing that's changed since the accident. Now I'm just like, meh, take me or leave me. It's fine. Um, and I think a part of that comes through getting older, Tess, as well. It's kind of, you know, you're never going to, you're never going to please everybody. Nope, That's just sure. life. Yeah. And, but I, I really wanted to when I was younger. And I think I didn't, uh, I didn't understand the value of what I could offer mm-hmm. other people because 
I didn't know what my own skills were. Mm-hmm. And now I, I think I do. And mm-hmm. I wish I had perhaps understood the the power of the soft skills, we would call them here. I think, I'm not sure if you would use that phrase in America, but I think soft skills have a huge amount of value. And I, I and to me, they're not soft, they're incredible Mm. and um things like communication and Mm. empathy Mm. and building rapport and Mm. creating trust things like that Mm -hmm. to me I don't think I really understood the true value of them until a bit later in my career Mm -hmm. and I think if I did I think it's the it's something I try to pass on to other people awesome and my last question is, if you could go back in time, what advice would you give your younger self? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can say something with so many expletives in it. <laughs> <laughs> save that for another time. <laughs> I'll save that for another time. Yeah, save that for I when think, you and I are together. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <For dinner. laughs> okay. Um, yes, I. I think I would say follow your gut instinct I'm a really big believer in in trusting what you think is right Mm -hmm. and one of it's another piece of advice from my grandmother actually but was um you can't regret your decisions because when you made them you assuming you made decisions with thought Mm. you you did the thing that you thought was right at the time Hmm. and so I try and remember that now. Yeah. Is I mean I I am I'm very guilty of making decisions quickly <laughs> in the past and probably still to now. Mm. Um but I but I still but when you consider things and you're making an informed decision about something mm-hmm. you're making it for good reason and and yeah that's that's what I try and sit with. Awesome. Well, Naomi Thank you, thank you, thank you for coming on the show and and like sharing your life and your work with me. And you know, I am so glad that you're okay, and that you know we made this work finally. Um, <laughs> me too, Ted. Yeah. I'm so pleased. Yes, me too. Oh my gosh. Well, um, I know you have to go, but thank you again for sharing your work, and I can't wait for next year and what for the next awards um event and um i look forward to seeing you hopefully soon and i'll keep in touch um and until then you know have a great evening and i will speak with you later and you tess i can't wait to see you again soon in person as well and we will keep in touch thank you so much it's lovely to chat take care you too bye-bye bye-bye that's our show for today I've posted more information about Naomi Meller on RevWoman.com. Thank you for listening, and I hope you'll tune in every other Thursday for another episode of Revolutionary Woman. You can listen to Revolutionary Woman on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. Just a little note. I've launched a Patreon account to support the show. All proceeds will go to producing and editing the episodes to give my poor husband a break for being my personal IT and production department. He wrote this. The address is patreon.com slash revwoman. <laughs>